2: the podcast.
3: Today we're only going to promise you one thing, and that is that we could save your marriage. So many times on this show, you know, we've talked about marriage problems, and often the solution for serious problems is marriage therapy. Easy to say you'll go, but many times the one spouse will not go. So what we're going to do is try and make it easy for you. As a gift, we're going to give you two free days of marriage therapy. You won't have the expense, and you won't have to leave the house. Starting today, you will get a chance to look inside a marriage therapy weekend. And Here is what you'll see. We took eight couples who all admitted their marriages were on the brink of disaster. They spent the weekend with Dr. Harville Hendricks, who conducts these marriage workshops across the country. And in the course of the weekend, amazing results happened. Marriages were saved. And today you can begin to save yours. Tim and Vicki Webster have been married now for two and a half years. They are separated and Vicki is expecting their third child. My next couple, Layton and Debbie Clark, have three children and have been married for six years. Derek and Valencia Stevens have been married for five and a half years. George and Beth Postuka have been married 15 years and they have two children. Randy and Pam Mowell have been married over 12 years, and they have two children. Joe and Karen Strickland have been married now for two years, and they have three children from a previous marriage. Jim and Laurie Tolliver have been married nine months. The last of the eight couples has the biggest obstacle to overcome. James and Mimi have been married six years. Mimi has filed for divorce. They came to the seminar truly to save the marriage. James and Mimi Lacey. Also joining us, the mastermind behind this particular kind of marriage therapy and the author of this book, which the the therapy is based on, called Getting the Love You Want. Getting the Love You Want. It is a guide for couples. Please welcome our marriage man, Harville Hendricks. I will tell you this, Harville. I have been watching some of the, the tape from the seminar, and it is it has helped me in, in my relationship tremendously. Mm, really, it has, really, just in, in learning how to fight fairly and so forth. Why is this different?
4: Well, it's different because there's a focus on an understanding that couples' issues arise out of their childhood, and that when they present themselves in the relationship, we have to understand that they come from someplace other than just the marriage. So the workshop helps couples understand that and provides them with some tools, experiences, information to help them resolve those childhood issues in their relationship. So we take the position that divorce is not the solution to a marriage, that uh, working on the marriage and resolving the childhood issues is the solution.
3: So when you're married to someone, you have to look at them for everything that they brought to the marriage before they got there.
4: Exactly. Childhood, most important. you You have to look at the childhood issues that were brought, knowing that most of the conflict that couples experience in their relationship comes from unresolved pains and hurts in childhood that are presenting themselves in an adult form in the relationship. And if you know that, then you know you're relating to a person when they're angry at you or upset or acting sort of crazy and you don't understand what's going on, that you're really relating to a person who's wounded and hurt and are dealing with that wound and hurt with the only skills and tools that they now have. And that what you have to do in a relationship is to acquire new skills to deal with the old issues. Okay. They have to be dealt with.
3: And so the exercise that we're going to see now is called container exercise. It's right?
4: called a container exercise. And this exercise comes actually at the end of two days of very intensive work. So it's about probably 16 hours into the workshop.
3: Before you can get to this point. Before
4: you can get to this part. Because it takes a while to get to these kinds of feelings. And the container is an exercise designed to help a couple deal with what is what I call residual childhood rage, the hurts and pains, the feelings that are left over, that are created when one is little and gets hurt. And so that rage shows up in marriages as uh, anger, rage, hurt, and so forth. And this container helps you deal with that because it has to be dealt with and resolve it so that you feel closer and more intimate afterwards. It creates compassion and intimacy rather than the distance that comes with most fights.
3: Now it's called container, why? Because one person has to just listen.
4: One person has to just listen. One one is a container, that Uh is they receive Uh and listen, and uh, the other person is asked to go into their childhood hurt. It starts with something that happened in the relationship, but then they're to push their anger into the childhood hurt in memory and then into that pain. So there'll be a lot of expressions of intense anger, and then tears usually come, and then after that, some talking. And then when couples are doing this in their real life, you know, in their home or in the workshop, they alternate. One listens as a caring, holding, nurturing parent, and the other one goes and becomes a regress like a little child back into that pain. Okay. Then they alternate.
1: We'll have an argument whether it starts first thing in the morning, usually it does, or, In the evening when we get home from work. And there'll be an explosion.
4: And you explode. And you
1: explode. And I explode too. We both explode. At the point of this argument, you leave. And I can understand if you need time to get away. But you leave with a threat to our relationship. There's no communication. There's no commitment on your part to try to talk about what happened, talk about the feelings that were happening at that point, what was being exchanged. All of a sudden, there's no marriage and there's no commitment. It's, I'm packing my bags, I'm out of here, I don't need this. Even if it's in the morning before you go to work. If there's an argument, you make sure before you leave the door that you say something to leave me hanging. Whether it's, if we had plans for the weekend, it's, well, tell your family I said hi when you go down there by yourself or have fun at the wedding or have fun in Los Angeles. You leave me emotionally hanging even if it's a telephone conversation. It's not I don't have time to talk about this now we'll talk about it later. You leave me when you hang up the phone like there is no later that there's no chance to explain, that there's no chance to talk. It's over. That's it.
4: And bring your anger about that. Now move out of criticism into anger. And I'm tired of that.
1: I'm tired of that. I can't live like that. I go to work. Say that louder. I can't live like that. We got married. That's a commitment. That's a commitment to try and to work. It's not a commitment. You didn't stand up in that church and say, god i promise to love this woman until we get in an argument and i'm out of here that's not what i heard it's not what i believe that is it's you're punishing me
4: i feel punished
1: i feel punished and i hate it and i hate it scream that i hate it say it louder i hate it
4: make him hear you
1: i hate that Thank you can't talk to me so you go to hear what you want to hear and It's not even that you go to be alone to think about it. You go to hurt me. You can't talk to me about it because I'm not going to say what you want to hear. So you go to somebody that you know is going to tell you what you want to hear. You go to your family, which causes irreversible problems. You go to people that are not impartial, that are going to tell you, yes, you did nothing wrong, and she's a terrible person. And you embarrass me. You embarrass me. And then I can never be around those people and not be embarrassed. Because you go to them at those times, you share our personal problems that you can't talk to me about with people you know are going to tell you what you want to hear. It's a cop out. It's the easy way. You go to have somebody take care of you and you leave me there by myself nobody's taking care of me in fact you've left it so I don't know there's gonna be a tomorrow it's just the axe falls you blew it baby I'm out of here
5: let's go thank you feel let go
1: I mean how can a person live every day in fear stay with it stay with it I can't go to work I can't concentrate because I don't know what's gonna happen I have no stability in my life. I have nothing to stand on. Yes, stay with it. it? Any word I say that you don't like, you're out of there. My whole life could be ruined with one sentence I say that you don't like. My whole life depends on whether you like a sentence I say or not. To me, this marriage is my life. My home is my life. And my life depends. All I gotta do is screw up one sentence you don't like. One thing you don't like, one thing I do you don't like. And that's it. I live every day in panic. How do you feel about that? Terrified, scared, I'm gonna be by myself. I got married and I thought I had somebody I could count on, something I could count on.
4: Which I've never had.
1: I've never had that.
4: Ever since I was little.
1: When I was little, if I said something wrong, that was it. They marched away in silence, but a boy, I knew the axe was going to fall, and I never got a chance to explain myself, and that's exactly what's happening now. I don't get a chance to explain. I don't get a chance to talk. If I let go of my feelings, and I yell at you, or I criticize you, I'm not perfect. I'm going to say things you don't like. I'm going to do things you don't like. I'm going to yell at you. I'm going I'm, to... I'm gonna cry and I'm gonna do all these things. But I need to know that somebody's not gonna walk away because of it. That if I yell at you, it doesn't mean our marriage is over. I thought it was. I thought it meant more than that. Let go. I can't be perfect for you. I don't even know who I am. I'm so worried about. What you think of what I'm being? Your whole family judging me, she's not, she's not a happy person, she's not bubbly enough, she doesn't compliment enough enough, she doesn't do this enough. I can't live with judgment of who I am. I'm a good person. I really am. But I can't be good when I'm scared. I'm scared of these people. And you say, you're not friendly to my family, I'm scared to death of them. I'm scared to death of you.
4: Let go. It's okay to cry. I
1: can't be afraid every day. The sob. I'm not even a person.
4: Yes. Let yourself go into the sobbing. Stay with it. Let go. Would you move over and sit on his side? Put your head down in the cradle of his neck, right Let yourself sob now. Sob out that pain into your
0: Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface.
3: I just want to tell you that this is not acting. These are real people with real feelings, and I want to thank Jim and Lori Tolliver for letting yourselves be so exposed to millions of people, and and I'm sure that it will help a lot of them. How did you feel after that?
1: Uh, Very relieved.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, In a typical argument, you've got two people at the same time just dumping everything on the floor, and nobody's picking it up. So you never get that feeling that you finally got it out, that feeling of emptiness. Or
3: that he heard you. Exactly. Did you hear her? I heard her. Mm-hmm. You heard her. <laughs> right. You wanted to emphasize that Jim is not the bad guy here. Yes, just because...
4: right. That, that in a container exercise, couples alternate, and mm-hmm. Jim is uh, working in this container to be the, the container, the holder, the nurturing person, the one who listens with empathy, as Laura goes back into her into the pain that started in an in interaction with them, mm-hmm. but has its roots in her childhood, as you could see in that exercise. And at the end, he holds her which is a nurturing response for a person in that kind of pain, and that's to correct the emotional experience of not being able to be held like that in childhood.
3: And then this is the request portion too, right?
4: Now, coming up is the request portion, which is a part of the whole container exercise. It has seven steps, and this is one of the later steps where Laura now has the opportunity to ask for three things that she wants from Jim, which are called behavior change requests. He needs to listen and to those and then give her one of those as a gift, not as a demand, and not in response to a demand, but as a gift. Because as he stretches to give her what she needs, he will find himself growing in the parts of his personality that he needs to grow the most. Really? So that what one partner needs the most, the other partner has to grow the most in order to give that. But as they grow the most, they become aware that that's a part of themselves that was repressed in childhood. So, Interesting. so the reciprocity of the growth process is sort of exact.
3: So while he's giving, he's really growing.
4: While he's giving, he's growing. It's not just something he does for her. As he does it for her, he gets a part of himself activated that he had to repress in childhood.
1: All right. If you could just say, I need to get out and go for a walk. I need to get out of here. I'll be back in an hour. I'll be back in two hours, whatever it takes you. But
4: I need you to say, I'll be back. Okay. So would you mirror that back? If
5: we am getting an argument or a confrontation, if I need to get away and I leave, I will leave with one, with the understanding I will be back, and to the reassurance, reassuring you that I will be back and give you some idea of what,
4: I'll let you know, and... Okay, so we heard that accurately.
5: Yes.
1: Okay. I need you not to involve your family members in our arguments. They're not impartial and that's very embarrassing in future situations that I I want to be able to relate to them. I want to be able to be involved with them as a family myself. And when you take our problems to them, they dislike me and I'm I'm out of that family.
4: And so what do you want about that?
1: I need to, to keep our problems between us. Okay. Or someone that's impartial.
4: Okay, so mirror that back. What did you hear? Okay, if
5: I leave and I need to talk to someone, you know, I will talk to an impartial source if I need to speak with anyone and keep it
4: out of family and friends and Okay, so he's hearing you? Yes. Okay. What's number three?
1: I know this is hard for you, but I need you to make an attempt to talk the problem out before walking out the door. If we can solve the problem with communication, talk about what the problem was about, and the feelings that were involved, rather than running away, I need you to make an attempt to do that first.
5: You would like me to sit and make a gallant effort and try my best to sit there and discuss the problem in a rational manner and focus on the problem and to stay, Maybe do my best to stay there to solve the problem at the time we have the argument. Yes. Okay.
4: All three, you feel satisfied that he's heard what you want?
5: Yeah.
4: Okay, so now would you pick one or you may give all three but which one will you give as a gift
5: I am agreeing to to not leave without any leaving any threatening situations to let you know when I'll be back and then I will be back that's Assuring my gift you too. Of that. and I want to give you all three I don't want to involve my family in our in our arguments it's not their place I agree with you and when I talk to somebody, it will be an impartial source. I agree with you on that 100%. I'm Sorry.
3: Have you been able to, to, to maintain that? That was a month ago.
4: I think so. <laughs>
3: yeah? We've done real well. Really? And why is the mirroring important?
4: Well, the mirroring is important, so we're sure that Jim hears exactly what Laura wants. If he doesn't mirror it back, it could be that he will distort it by thinking of something in his own mind that she might want. So we want an exact mirror. So she knows she's been heard, and he knows what he has to do in order, if he wants to gift her with this change of behavior, what he has to do which will touch her Childhood. You see, the thing she's asking for is for him to stay, which means she was vulnerable in childhood to being left. Uh-huh. He goes away, which means he was vulnerable in childhood to being grasped and held on to.
5: Uh-huh.
4: So he has to stretch against his need to go away toward her. And as he does, he at this point then is touching the childhood wound and healing that wound by being available and reliable for her when she needs him there.
3: Helps him to get better.
4: And then he gets better because he overcomes his fear of being held in and imprisoned. Or
3: what about all those people, Harville, who absolutely still don't believe that what happened to you when you were seven has, has a thing to do with what happens to you when you're 27? And there are a lot of people like that who say, uh, I was seven years old. I was a kid then. Hasn't had nothing to do with what's going on now. You well, know that.
4: Yes. I, the millions of people feel that right. way. People who come to the workshop feel that way, but they discover about halfway through the workshop that the other aspect of it is in fact the case, that childhood does influence uh, the type of person you select to marry and the quality of the relationship you'll have with that person. And certainly the
3: kind of adult you are.
4: The kind of adult you are and the kind of conflicts you'll have and the way you'll adapt in life. Which
3: I've never understood why people don't think your childhood has anything to do with the kind of adult you are because that's how you got to be an adult.
4: I don't understand it either.
3: (laughs) So now what are we going to see?
4: Well we're going to see now an exercise called the mirroring exercise Uh and this begins uh, early in fact it's the first exercise in the workshop for couples, after they've been uh, given a lot of information about how to access their childhood memories and the connection with their parents and so forth. And Do
3: they come in not believing this whole childhood shticky? Some do and yeah. some
4: don't. I think if you checked out, it'd be about half and half. Really? Uh, I'll talk to in. them about it and later. We can, yeah. yeah. Talk, talk about that later.
3: Start clean
0: with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I got the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? hello. Hey, Janice, I am so sorry, I thought I was on mute. (laughs) No, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.
2: Hey, everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call.
4: But after we've done a lot of lecture input and gotten the idea of how marriage is rooted in childhood outlined, then we get then to the experiential part of the workshop. And the first one is called the mirroring exercise. And it has to do basically with a more surface level of work than the container in in which they learn initially that one does have to be quiet while the other one talks and (laughs) then reflect back exactly what the other one has said and then respond to what that produces inside them, and they say that, and then the other one mirrors back what was said, and then they keep going back and forth, and it creates a dialogue mm-hmm. rather than a fight. Okay. And so that's what the mirroring exercise.
3: Okay, so our next couple, up. Joe and Karen, had a fight on the way to the studio,
4: right? They had a, I understand they had a fight, not this morning, but not on, this the, way, morning, on but the way to the workshop. Mm-hmm. Initially, they had a fight about some directions, and Joe had made some, a rather critical comment to Karen So that's what they're going to discuss in this uh, mirroring exercise. Okay.
1: I wanted to know why he couldn't follow me. No, don't talk to me. Why you couldn't follow me instead of me following you? (laughs) Why your way was the right way and mine was the wrong way?
6: Well, I think sometimes I just don't want to listen to you. You know, I shut you off, I want to block you out.
1: Yeah, but why?
6: I don't know. Maybe because I could deal with a lot of things the way I grew up, maybe I'm chauvinistic or something. I, I, I view you as, a, as below me or something that I'm supposed to always be right or that I am always right. Maybe that's why I didn't listen. Nevertheless, we found our way
4: here.
1: Yeah, but after torment.
4: Okay. Now, instead of that comment this time, would you mirror back what he is saying and what he just said to you in response to your other comment? Act as though you were a mirror and reflect back not just the exact words but the meaning of what you heard and I want you to listen to her do that and see if she says back to you 100% of what you said, 50%, 10%, 80%. And so you'll be listening while she's mirroring to see about her accuracy.
1: He said that, um, And tell him. I
4: See, I heard you say. I heard you say
1: that. You feel that a lot might be from your childhood, the way you are brought up. Being chauvinistic might be a part of it. You just didn't want to listen to me. You wanted to shut me off. And we got here anyway.
4: Okay, now you check and see. Does, uh, did she hear everything that you said to her? 100%?
6: Yeah.
4: 100%, okay. So you were the sender of a message. You're mirroring the message back. That's the receiver reflecting it back. You now checked it out and said, that's accurate. Now that you've done that, you can respond to his message. He's saying, you got it. So respond to it. What What is that stirring you? That exact message, that what is it stirring you? It
1: stir in that he wants to shut me off.
4: Okay, go ahead and but tell him about that. That makes me angry.
1: It makes me angry that you'd like to shut me off. I mean, I'm your
7: wife. Can you go on? We're supposed to be a part of each
6: other. Mm-hmm. Shut me off. It's like you don't care what I have to say. You don't care about my feelings.
4: Having received the message, what, what does that stir in you? And send it to her?
6: It makes me hurt inside because.
4: So when you say that to me, I hurt inside.
6: It makes me hurt inside when you say that to me because. I look back at my childhood and I see how my stepfather's treated my mother. I guess I just picked up that kind of uh, personality. I don't want to change it. I just don't know how. So
3: was it revealing to you that at least it hurt him? Yeah. What do you mean it hurt him? Well, did you know before then that when he does that, when he shuts you out, that it hurt him to do that? You did not no, know that?
1: No, I thought he got off on
6: doing that. Too. Really? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And so was it the first time you realized yourself or had you always known, Joe, that this also hurt you too to do that to her?
6: I, I think sometimes it was, I was aware of the fact and then other times I, I didn't
4: realize it. So it was like a split.
3: Okay. What we're now going to have demonstrate is a holding exercise.
4: Yes, this is called a holding exercise. What it is is an opportunity for one partner who has gotten in touch with the childhood wound to take a position, which we call the regressive child position, with the other partner who is going to hold him while he talks about those childhood wounds and hurts with her from this position that he might have been held in when he was little. So Fuel you now lean on across here, and uh, Beth is going to hold him, and George is going to... Take a minute and get back into those memories in childhood in which he was feeling the pain and tell Beth from that position what it felt like to be a child.
7: Just one thing when I was a child, what comes to my mind is I guess the biggest hurt is that growing up in a family of three brothers and sisters that were pretty close to each other, we never really were individuals. Anything that was done with our parents or each other were done as the three of us. There was never a time where, at least not a time that I can remember, that was my time.
0: And it hurt you not to be special?
7: Looking back on it, I feel it hurts that the fact that I wasn't, that it seemed like everything was always shared. I don't think it bothered me then, but I guess now it, it comes up that I never really had individual time with my parents. I guess, I guess that the fact that I wasn't, at least I didn't feel like I was special. I was just one of the, one of the kids. <laughs> but that's just what comes to me, right? And so since you had other brothers and sisters so close in age, it was always the three of you, not just George. Basically. And like I said at the time I don't think I needed it or I don't feel like I, I needed it, but now it seems like it was important to me or it's affect me mm-hmm. or affected my life that I I feel like I have to be something special, whether it's your eyes or my parents' eyes or, or just my own
0: You want to be special just for you.
7: Right. I guess I just feel like I had the need to be an individual. Just me. That I am somebody that my parents can be proud of or that you can be proud of, or just myself, that I can like myself.
4: I'm proud so now just pull him together and hold and hug for just a moment. Say any nurturing thing to him that you want to say, Beth. George, you let yourself feel Beth's love and care for you as you experience that hurt. Let your specialness come through to her.
3: We need to- To be able to get to the core of what you're really arguing about instead of those little petty things that people think they're arguing about. It's never about the shoes being in the middle of the floor, even if that's what you're arguing about. How do you do that, Harville?
4: Well, one of the ways is what we just saw, which is the holding exercise. Before this exercise is done in a workshop, the couple has talked to each other, sort of sitting face to face, about their childhood experiences. And then... We do the holding exercise in order to recreate the experience of actually having that pain in childhood. So what you saw here was when George was asked to lie across Beth's lap, he then goes into a position that a child would be held in by a parent, and within that position begins to talk about those hurts. And as he does, as we saw, the feelings connected to the memories come back up, but they come up while he's being held and nurtured by Beth. Now, Beth in his unconscious mind has characteristics and memories to his unconscious mind that is of his parents. So in some sense, there's a part of him being held by his parents in a corrective emotional experience as he's being held by Beth so that the bonding between the two of them is created through that process.
7: What did this do for you, George? I learned a lot of things about my childhood that I, I couldn't remember. Really? If I would sit there and just reflect, a lot of feelings came up that I was never aware of. Mm-hmm. I start learning more and more about myself, the more I, I start thinking about what was happening. Mm-hmm.
3: Had you all done this before? Because all, all of the couples that we're talking to today, their marriages were in trouble, some closer to the brink of divorce than others. But So you all had gotten away from this nurturing kind of... Well, basically communication. Is what, yeah.
7: It's a, a deep communication.
3: And so now, how has a seminar changed the marriage?
7: From my personal view, I, I look at her in a lot different way. I used to look at her as the enemy or she would do a lot of things or say a lot of things that I felt like she just did it to get her way and not to the fact that it was a need or something that she needed. I just, I really felt defensive every time that she said something to me or criticized me. Really? And so now you don't feel that or you at least know where it's coming from? I know where it's coming from. I still have the feelings of being like I want to strike back sometimes or say something back but then if I think about the situation I realize that it's a hurt that she has and I try to respond in that way.
3: So the goal, Harville, is the goal is to what? To, to, to bring back the same kind of feelings, the sense of romance that you had when, when you first started? Because everybody remembers what it was like in the beginning and somewhere it goes downhill.
4: Well, the goal, Is it
3: possible to, 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 to regain that?
4: Well, it's possible to regain that and that is a part of the process of, of developing what I call a conscious marriage. But the goal is to do more than that, not just to bring back the romance, but to make it stable. So that I think of a conscious marriage as being both stable and passionate, so that you not only get the romance back, but you have something that is even richer and deeper because it's in a context of healing.
3: Thank you, all couples. Thank you so much.
2: I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah Show. The podcast, and I thank you for listening. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox
0: delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because <laughs> I the charcoal mask. Great. Because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh. Why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello. Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. You can
7: start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.